I'm Jake. I'm Benny. And welcome to Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. We're your best source for NFL news and updates, and we've got so much to go over this week, so stay tuned. Starting off the show, we decided that there were so many good games this week that we couldn't just pick two to settle on. So we're going to go around the league and just talk about multiple games because you can agree with me, this was a crazy week, wasn't it? Definitely. There's a lot of great games, a lot of upsets, just great week for football. Let's go ahead and get one game out of the way. Miami and Arizona, the Dolphins and the Cardinals. What a crazy game that was. I needed that game. <laughs> I needed the Cardinals to lose that game. Uh, Tua, man, he, Tua and Kyler both had amazing games, but Tua is the center of attention for this one because who did it? they played a bad team last week. and He only threw 93 yards. Uh, but now they play the Cardinals, which is a like great team, young team, number two in the NFC West. Uh, and Tua still won. He played great out there. I think he was 20 for 28 around 280 yards, I think. I think 250-ish. Yeah. yeah Regardless. Yeah, yeah. Amazing for, game for amazing, a rookie. Yeah, amazing for his second start. Like, that's phenomenal. You can't ask for anything better. And Kyler Murray had a similar game. He was 21 for 28, around the same amount. Mm-hmm. He had three touchdowns to... Um, to us two. Yeah, just a great game for both quarterbacks, but the Dolphins came up on top. I was very surprised by it, honestly. I was too, and honestly, this goes to what we were talking about not too long ago, about the new quarterback like style that's coming in. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray but now you can throw Tua in there, because he also rushed seven times for 35 yards, mm-hmm. and he's also around that like six-foot stature, Yep, around like just low 200 pounds, you know, mobile, agile, while being able to stay in the pocket and throw it. And I see bright things for Tua's future. It's all, yeah, he's the future of the NFL. Him and all, like Kyler Murray, they're both the future of this young NFL. How about the Chiefs and the Panthers? That was almost an upset. Very surprising. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's first week back, and he had a great game. Uh, but then you look at Patrick Mahomes, and 33 points is nothing for that man. Uh, the Chiefs. I don't know. I was kind of rooting for the Panthers in that. Just I think it'd be cool to see them upset the Chiefs. But overall, great game. Christian McCaffrey played well. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I think he had a pretty good game as well. Yeah, he had a really nice rushing touchdown, and mm-hmm. he had a really not and he like dove for some yardage. He was really in that game. He was determined to win. They just couldn't come out with it in the end. I'm pretty sure uh, they're pretty bummed out about that one. But if you are a team that's not really projected to do anything and you drop 31 points on the Chiefs and make it a two-point game, you have to be proud of yourself in some aspect. You have to. And speaking of being proud of yourself, can you be entirely proud if you're a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers almost losing to the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, a win's a win. True. Uh, 8-0 and right now. Great, amazing, perfect start. But... Almost losing to the Dallas Cowboys, which they're almost the laughingstock of the NFL if it weren't for the Jets. Uh, the Cowboys are bad right now. They're on their fourth string quarterback. Actually, Garrett had a pretty good game out there. Um, I didn't watch the full game because I was watching the Raiders and Chargers. That I just thought the game was a little bit better. But the Steelers and Cowboys, that was a surprising game. I honestly kind of thought that the Cowboys were going to go away with it. I thought it was gonna be probably the biggest upset of the season so I know, far. And I hate saying that I was rooting for the Cowboys, but... I'm kind of a fan of underdog type teams. Mm-hmm. So if the Dallas Cowboys would have came out on top, I definitely would have been bouncing off the walls. That would have been a, that would have been great for them. Yeah. And just maybe a reality check for the Steelers, but no, the Steelers were able to come away 8-0 like you said. Phenomenal start. You can't ask for anything better than that. 
And then you brought up the Raiders and the Chargers. Now that came down to the very last play. That was a great game. So that was actually my game of the week. Uh, amazing game. And the Chargers, they couldn't get it done. As we talked about last week, they just, they couldn't get this done at when it mattered the most. I thought it was a touchdown at first. I thought they won the game. I was, yeah, I thought the Raiders were going to be uh, four and four, I believe. But nope, it was a incomplete touchdown. And the Raiders came away with it. It was a great game. And although they lost the game, Herbert is still the front runner for off or offensive rookie of the year, I believe. Uh, sure. He's been playing amazing. And Derek Carr is also, he's been super surprising this season. Uh, going from last season to this season, I did not expect anything from this man. I thought that he was honestly kind of at the end of his career at the Raiders. But no, he had an amazing game. He's having an amazing season. He's been bouncing back. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, he's it's it's super weird, but great game. Are there any other games you want to talk about? The Patriots almost lost to the Jets. That was man. Uh, Bill Belichick probably wasn't very happy with that one. He's probably not happy with this season. No, definitely not. Uh, what are they? Three and five now. Three and yeah, six. That one. Three. Yeah, three and five. Now. They just broke the four-game losing streak they were on, which I don't think that's happened in 20 years. Uh, the Jets played amazing. Or, not amazing. Joe Flacco play, played really well. It was weird to see him play that good because, like, ever since he left Baltimore, even, like, the end of his years at Baltimore, I feel like he's been on a huge decline. And he really has been. And he just – it was really evident when he was over in Denver. He was oh my gosh. not worth what Denver – hyped him up to be but yeah you see him out here now and he played better than sam Darnold would have i believe that he threw in the first half three touchdowns mm-hmm. which ties sam Darnold's all-time season of yeah three touchdowns so it's that's concerning for the jets on their quarterback situation if you were adam gase which i'm happy you're not um would you start Joe Flacco over Sam Darnold? Um, I would say, yeah. I think Joe Flacco fits this scheme a little more because it's a little more... I would style. say I would do it up until Joe Flacco starts playing really bad, which I don't know. That might not be very long. But I want to see some nice stuff about Adam Gase. He was he had some really good calls in that game. Great play calling. Uh, it was going very well for him until that end. That last, that last drive had probably some of the worst play calling I've ever seen before. But overall... I don't know. Good game by the Jets. Uh, there's one more game I want to talk about. This was a very surprising game. It was not a good game by any means. The Saints and Buccaneers. We do need to touch base on that. That was Now, this that, game was probably the biggest surprise of the week. For sure. It, and it wasn't the surprise that we were kind of hoping for. Because, you know, we were expecting a really good, nice game. But uh-huh. this was anything but. It was a blowout. Yeah, Brady looked bad out there i mean i think he threw three interceptions three which takes. has that ever happened in his career before uh, yeah uh, under 150 yards as well so yeah no touchdowns or yep nothing yeah it was just horrible game by the patriots you think having antonio brown there would really help him out but it really didn't they just looked bad out there on the other hand i mean we haven't given the saints credit they played amazing on offense and defense drew Brees played really good football uh, usually he throws uh, pretty short passes, but he threw some deep balls. Uh, Michael Thomas had a good game. Alvin Kamara had a good game, and the defense looked great out there. It was a great game. It was it was well fought for the Saints, but the Buccaneers, I mean, like you said, you would think bringing in Antonio Brown would help, but Bruce Arians, I read an article, and Bruce Arians already said that he doesn't like Antonio Brown in the locker room, so 
maybe that could contribute to why the chemistry wasn't there for this game, but... Maybe this whole entire Antonio Brown thing is a one-week thing. Yeah, hope. I mean, I think Antonio Brown should be done um, just yeah. for his best interest. We've talked about this before. Um, we both think he has CTE. He needs to get help before it's too late. And it's really upsetting that that's something that can only be diagnosed... Um, after death. Yeah, after death. So, yeah, that is upsetting, and... I saved the best game for last to talk about. Listeners know from last week that we had a hot take. Jake here had a hot take. Let's go ahead and talk about the game with the Buffalo Bills and the Seattle Seahawks that ended with the Bills coming out on top. 44 to 34. So if you guys listened to last week's episode, I was going, this probably, I shouldn't be allowed to do hot takes anymore. I was going into this game thinking, man, the Seahawks are going to destroy the Bills. The defense has so many good players on it now, and they just look good. But that was anything but good. Uh, Russell Wilson, he played good football. I mean, two interceptions, two fumbles. Keep in mind, he was sacked five times and hit 11 times. He was hit 16 total times. That's not his fault. That's the Lions' fault. Uh, Metcalf had a monster game. Lockett did good. David Moore played pretty good football. But... This is the problem with the Seattle Seahawks. I've talked about this before, but I'm going to say it right now. If Ken Norton is not out of that team by the end of this week, the Seahawks have to say goodbye to the Super Bowl. The defense is so bad. Never in a game should you allow a team to score 44 points on you. It was an awful game. And Josh Allen, I mean, he had an amazing game of 400 yards, four touchdowns beautiful game fantasy owners like me are very happy with starting him against the seahawks if i have one good thing to say about the seahawks defense which is very hard to say the pass rush had improved a lot they did have seven sacks on josh allen uh dunlap had one or two i believe jamal adams had two and a half and overall the pass rush had improved but the secondary was getting roasted uh you know it's sad when trey flowers is the best cornerback in a game for your team because he's awful. You guys know my feelings about him. But Quinton Dunbar, he was hurt that game. In no way should he have played that game because he was a liability for the team. He was so many like blown coverages by him. He was playing with an injury, no? Yeah, with an injury, yeah. Some kind of knee thing. Uh, not trying to discredit Stefan Diggs, but he made him look like Devontae Adams out there. Yo. It was just an abysmal game for the Seahawks defense. Uh, I do have some sad news right here. For all my Russ, for all my Russ fans, um, he is no longer the leader for the MVP race. Pretty sad about that myself. Um, I think it's eight touchdowns with twenty or twenty-eight touchdowns with eight interceptions on the season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is leading it now with twenty-five touchdowns and one interception. Breaks you, my heart. Do you have hope that Russell Wilson can still break that touchdown in a season mark? Oh, I definitely think so. Um, I'm really hoping that he breaks the record just for his, just for himself, and I think he can still win MVP, honestly. It's very slim. Uh, the interceptions are what's killing him right now, but, if, but Wilson is the type of quarterback who learns from his mistakes. He knows what he needs to do to improve himself, and the interceptions, honestly, weren't exactly... I wouldn't say they're not... I mean, they're his fault, but at the same time, you kind of have to excuse them a little bit because the first one was the fourth, like... Fourth down, fourth and one. He was just trying to force it to the end zone. Um, it was a, it wasn't a bad pass or anything. It was a good play, good play by the defender. Then later, the other interception was just like 
when they're trying to come back from that deficit and it just didn't work out for them. So I think that Russell Wilson can still make MVP. He learns from his mistakes. Uh, I think he can still break Pay Mang's record. He's still on track to score, I think, 58 touchdowns. And I don't know, just a really rough week for them. Rough week for me as well. <laughs> um, yeah, there might be a slim chance that Russell Wilson can get that MVP win, but I hate to say it, but he's no Patrick Mahomes out there in terms of statistics right now. No, Patrick Mahomes is playing at another level. Per um, usual. Sucks to see. I mean, props to Patrick Mahomes. I like the guy. I have no hate for him. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league, among with millions of others. But personally, I I think that right now Patrick Mahomes is playing a little, playing better football, obviously, because he doesn't have the eight interceptions that Wilson has. But if you put Wilson on the Chiefs team with a good line like that and that solid secondary. Yes, yeah, solid secondary. Actually, good defense. I think Wilson would find the same success. Uh, no, in no world should you put up 34 points and still have to like scramble to win the game. It's like that every single week for the Seahawks. It's sad to see. Hopefully, Ken Norton Jr. is fired because he's not the answer for Seattle. Bring back Dan Quinn. That's all I got to say about that game. Uh, yeah. yeah, Josh Allen played out of his mind. Um, at the start of the season, he was leading the MVP race. He had like three back-to-back, like, 300 plus yards. Mm-hmm. He was playing great football. He was playing great. And then he had a little slump, but he came back this week through 400 yards and four touchdowns, I believe. He balled out. He had the game that Russell Wilson should have had. Yep. Sucks to see. So, yeah, Josh Allen, amazing game. He had a 138.5 passer rating, pretty close to perfect. Um, and that's why he was my player of the week. So, I'm not going to go in any more about that. But who was your offensive player of the week? So I'm going out of the AFC. I'm going to go to the NFC. Dalvin Cook, two weeks in a row for me. 206 rushing yards, 46 receiving yards, and two rushing touchdowns. Now, Dalvin Cook had, he missed two or three games, I think. About two. And I think he's leading the NFL in rushing yards right now, or he's pretty close to Derrick Henry. He's a monster. So I'm going to be honest. I think that Dalvin Cook is the best running back in the game right now. For sure. For a while, I was all Derrick Henry, but Derrick Henry, I don't know. Great player. I'm not trying to like take him down or anything. Amazing player, but I think Dalvin Cook is a little bit better than him. That's why Dalvin Cook's my player of the week. Uh, I think he's the only reason why the Vikings have been winning games. For sure. And uh, my defensive player of the week is Foye Oluwakin. He had 10 tackles, one sack. It was a great game for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, he embarrassed the Broncos, honestly. Uh, I thought the Broncos were going to win this one. But no, they, yeah, I don't know. All I got to say about that. Yeah, the Broncos really collapsed. Um, Jerry Judy's still a bright spot on that. Yep. But we'll go ahead and go into your defensive play of the week. I'm going to go with Jeffrey Simmons on the Titans. He had three tackles, one pass deflection, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. Uh, Pretty solid game. I think he had one of the bigger plays of the game that solidified the win for them. Uh, Great, yeah. They've had some struggling. They've had some struggles on defense, but he showed that he's a fighting force on that defense. He really is, and hopefully, oh, and we could go ahead and just go into some quick news real quick since we're all wrapped up with that. The Titans are actually reactivating Adoree Jackson from IR, so yep. now that's another piece to start on that defense. And but they lost a key part of their defense. Let's hear it. Uh, one of the biggest stories from uh, the offseason, Jadeveon Clowney. The, he had a huge thing about where he's going to go with Seattle, New Orleans, the Titans. He ended up in the Titans, but he's actually 
He got hurt pretty bad. I think it's something with his meniscus. Yep, it's a meniscus injury. And, and there's a possible surgery needed to. Now, if he needs surgery, he's done. He's done for the season. For real. Uh, sucks to see because I think this might be a contract season for him. I or, think it is too. I'm not entirely sure, but it's pretty big for him. I wish him the best, a speedy recovery. Hopefully, he can get back on that field and dominate. But I'm not sure if that's going to be able to happen. Yeah, as a defensive player, as a defensive lineman, your knees are definitely important because you're you're on you start pretty much on all fours yeah basically so your knees are really important so yeah i could see him being done after that do you have any other injuries that happened the last week uh we can talk about a minor one real quick trayvon Diggs is out with a foot fracture over in dallas that's another that's another loss for the dallas cowboys and to a pretty disappointing season for them so yep. hopefully a speedy recovery for him and we talked earlier about christian mccaffrey how he had a monster game Again, I have him on my fantasy team. He put up 37.1 points, balled out, you know, picked up right where he left off. But he did sustain a shoulder injury and will be missing this week. Man, that sucks for the Panthers because with Teddy Bridgewater and Christian McCaffrey, they looked lethal. Like, they almost beat the best team in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, I know. It was just a two-point game. It was really crazy. Came just down. imagine if they go back to the NFC and do that kind of stuff. I mean... They could win a lot of games with those two, but it sucks to see that that's not going to happen for at least another week. I hope I wish that he has a speedy recovery. Hope hope for the best for him. And in other news, uh, Kyle Allen is also done for the year with a dislocated and fractured ankle. It's poor football team quarterbacks, man. It's been rough. Uh, so, do you think this kind of solidifies Alex Smith as the comeback player of the year? For sure. I mean. Even if he goes out and throws like 10 touchdowns and like 12 interceptions, I think he's still going to be. He still beat basically at like every single odd. He almost died from like an infection in his yeah, leg. He but... almost died from the infection and he almost went to getting his leg just amputated. But here he is now back in the NFL. He's definitely my comeback player of the year. Cam Newton sure. has not been playing good football. And I just think that. Uh, I don't know how you can put anybody over here for comeback player. Yeah, it's like it's if insane. you. Yeah, Cam Newton, he. I think he would have ended up signing somewhere, but Alex Smith, there's a chance that he probably never, he, there's a chance he might not even live after that, but True. he beat every odd, made it back to the NFL, and now is a starter again. It's a really nice, wholesome story for the it NFL. Is. Now, we also have some, we also have some lighter news in terms of injuries. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't need surgery for his injury, good. so that could be one good thing going towards the 49ers. I know they've been going through a lot of injuries and this is good news for them and good news for the browns nick chubb is coming back huge thing for the browns right there yep kareem hunt has been doing great for the browns already now you can go ahead and do what you did earlier in the season where you had nick chubb running and then kareem hunt running after that i think the browns will probably go back to being lethal and they do have a slump Baker Mayfield has been moved to the COVID-19 list probably yep. won't play so they're going to need that running game as much as possible because Case Keenum's are back up. Yep, Case Keenum's are back up. You yeah, know, I would not want that man throwing the ball. Yeah, solid in Minnesota, but just like Joe Flacco crumbled over in Denver. Yep. So hopefully, as a Browns fan, I'm kind of hoping that he's going to do good. But if he doesn't, I mean, I solid don't run game. I'm not. Yeah, solid run game. I'm not really going to bash on Case Keenum that much. And something with that AFC North too, you know. Baker Mayfield isn't the only quarterback on the COVID-19 Huge, list. huge thing coming up right here. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be out, and Mason Rudolph is going to step up. Now, we saw a lot of Mason Rudolph last season. Um, one thing in particular with Miles Garrett and him, 
uh, he wasn't that great of a quarterback. I mean, Mike Tomlin did lead them to what was the record? Uh, nine and seven, eight and eight. I think it was. Uh, he managed to lead that. them, so hopefully he could lead them to another win because the Steelers need that win as much as possible in that competitive division. Uh, yeah, hopefully Big Ben and Baker Mayfield both recover as fast as possible because they they're needed on their teams for sure. They're definitely leaders and. We also have some upsetting news for Denver fans. Shelby Harris, defensive lineman, has been put on the COVID-19 list as well. Man, another Denver player. I, I Yeah, I swear, Denver and San Fran have it worse when it comes to injuries. And they're not competing for Super Bowls. They're competing for injuries in COVID. Yeah, I know. yeah this uh, is bad. Like I said, Jerry Judy's their only bright spot. He actually had a really good play. Mm-hmm. Um, he used this one tactic. I'm going to just go off topic real quick. He had this one tactic that he used called like the mailbox thing. So he like waved his arm to Drew Locke to go deep and the corner bit on that and he just curved down for a comeback route and just got a monster play out of it. Jerry Judy is actually really good. So now that we're discussing them, I know this kind of off topic or off topic, but what's your opinion on Drew Locke right now? I mean, Drew Locke going into the season, he was like one of the more hyped up players. I heard so much hype from hearing that he's the next great thing. Uh, he hasn't been playing that good of football right now, honestly. He really hasn't been. Um, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, Corlin Sutton not having him on that field is really hurting him. I could tell. Uh, but he still has weapons like Noah Fant, Jerry Judy, both solid receivers. I mean, Fant's a tight end, but still a receiver. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Jerry Judy or sorry, uh, Drew Locke. I'm not sure if we should have gone with the hype. Yeah, you see, Drew Locke is a crazy story. Mm-hmm. He played four games last season and he balled out yeah i think it was about four games he had a thousand uh, I think it was yard. five games he was uh four and one i remember yeah. yeah so he had five games and he cracked a thousand yards and had a couple touchdowns no picks to his name so i get the hype totally totally understand the hype maybe that was part of his downfall i mean because he was a second round projection in his draft he was he could have been a first round but he had the issues that they gave to patrick mahomes they said he was a a more quarterback that you need to take time with and like really build up. So maybe in the future, if the Broncos really, if they have hope for Drew Locke, I think they could turn around his career. That's but the Broncos, I'm sorry. Yeah, go. it's fine. But for now, I think Drew Locke needs some more time before they pull the plug on him for sure. See, that's one of the Broncos' biggest problems. Uh, they can't commit to a quarterback. They, I think they they've had a lot of quarterbacks since Peyton Manning's left. They had Osweiler, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, uh, Simeon, now Drew Locke. They've had so many court like there's even more to that list, but they just they're not putting trust in their guys. I mean, I understand I want to keep Simeon along. I know, uh, yeah, hopefully they keep him along for a little bit longer because yeah. Back to news, uh, Roger Goodell has some. He came out with some important news of his own. We've got. A rule change and a possible rule change coming Mm -hmm. up. Uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and explain this one. In the event that regular season games with playoff implications are canceled and the league cannot complete its scheduled 17 or 18 weeks, the NFL will add an additional playoff team in each conference to limit the chances a team is unfairly left out due to COVID-9 cancellation. So basically, uh, eight teams in the playoffs if there's more weeks canceled. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I kind of get it, though. I mean, I totally get it, but what's the chances that one of these teams are going to be a trash team? <laughs> I'd rather just see the 17 playoff. I Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, kind of what we're used to, but I don't know. More playoff teams? I mean, 
that's nice on paper. That's more football to watch. Yeah, but, but they might be kind of crappy football. It, yeah, it might be kind of crappy football, but there also kind of might be more risks of mm-hmm. even more COVID cases. Yeah. And like it said there, it's just adding players. It's just adding teams that are like unfairly like not in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. honestly, this is just a roller coaster of a year. I think those teams just might as well try to push for next year rather than, you know, including them. That's on me. I, I get it's kind of nice to look out for the teams, but I don't know. I'm not really a fan of that one. Yeah. Uh, and then the other rule that's not been in play, but I'm in favor of this one up here. I'm in favor of it as well. And it's changing the onside kick rules. It's trying to eliminate it and replacing it with a fourth and 15 attempt. And honestly, I like that idea. It's, I think it could bring games a lot closer. Cause... You're a lot more likely to make a 15-yard pass or a 15-yard run. I don't know why anybody would run it on 4th and 15. Yep. But you're a lot more likely to make those an onside kick. Uh, I like it a lot because we, I think we've maybe seen one or two successful onside kicks this season. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if it's going to pass because a lot of teams who have that lead might not be happy about that. But overall, I'm okay with it. I would love to see that... Um, and it would give a lot more chances of uh, like really close games, comeback games. It would just be really good for me, I think. Minor player news. Um, JJ Watt is rumored to be on the trade block in the offseason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he says he's not looking to rebuild. He's looking for a championship. And I don't blame him. Me neither. I mean, last season, you know, you kind of predicted that the Texans would push for a championship this year even. But Let's see. He's been in the league for a long time now. I think maybe... 10 or 11 years i'm not sure shorter the exa- than, that. Yeah, shorter it's, than that. It's, it's close to that but but yeah he's been in there for a while now he stayed at the texans he has put in so much time and effort to this team and he's doing what a lot of players should do i mean you look at julio jones and larry fitz i mean they you can only put so much blame on the team for wasting their careers as he put on them because they could leave whenever they want they could demand a trade whenever they want and J.J. Watt is doing that because he has given so much time to this team. And looking last season, they were a championship caliber team. They made it to the NFC. No, they made it to the AFC divisional round and uh, lost a crazy game to the Chiefs. But they played good football. They were still in it. Yeah, they had Hopkins and just amazing players. But they, yeah, Brian. They they traded away. I mean, it's a good thing Bill O'Brien's just not there. Yeah, Bill O'Brien ruined that team. I still stand by that. Uh, I hope the best for JJ. I hope he gets out of there, goes somewhere where he's needed. I'd love to see him in Pittsburgh personally just because of his brother, but who knows? Who knows where he'll go. And one last thing to note, Trevor Lawrence is still undecided whether or not he'll enter the 2021 draft. In my opinion, it's best for him to not go ahead and go in. If the Jets do end up with the number one pick, I am not going to the draft. Or I would do it Elway and... uh... Eli Manning did. I would go and and just not just refuse to play for the Jets because that's not a team. You, you that's not a good team. I mean, no, it's not. There's a lot of things. We slander them all the time, but it's for good reason. Um, hopefully, he find. Hopefully, does what's right, and I don't know. He'll probably make the best decision for his future. Definitely and not entering the 2021 NFL draft. I think that is the case for him. So for this week's weird stat segment, we're gonna go to Dak Prescott. So as you guys know, he's been out since week five, and we're in week nine now, or we're going to be week 10. So since Dak Prescott has been out, he still has more passing yards than Kyler Murray, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Ben Roethlisberger, Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, and Kirk Cousins. Now, this is insane because Dak Prescott was on 
pace to set to have a historic year. I mean, have yeah, Dak Jesus Prescott. Christ. Dak Prescott was on pace for a historic year. I mean, yeah, he was throwing like 300 yards one game, 400 the next, 300 after that. And it's crazy that he's been out for four weeks now. He's still leading so many like top tier quarterbacks in this pretty important stat. Honestly, he probably could have been MVP to be honest. Um, I don't think so, just because of the interceptions. True, but but I mean, besides that, he was balling out. Those um, yards were insane for his. Yeah, runs. the yards were crazy. Hopefully, uh, next season he just goes back and does what he kept doing. Uh, it's just insane because, I mean, this kind of goes back to our conversation earlier about Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson being the future of the NFL and all. They still they they're having amazing seasons and they're still not passing as much as, uh, Dak Prescott was. Yeah, and there, and that's not taking away that Dak Prescott like doesn't run because he picks up, he picks up. He, he, he got hurt his, while running. Like. Yeah, he he calls his own numbers on some plays. He'll go and rush on his own. And yep, I think it was not this last game, but the game before, Kyler Murray had 300 passing yards and 150 mm. rushing yards. So imagine if he turned those rushing yards into passing yards. That could have been yeah. a potential 500 yard game. But it's just a part of the NFL changing pretty much. Quarterbacks yep. are starting to run more and. Dak Prescott is one of those quarterbacks, and the fact that he's still leading with the passing yards that he has now, mm-hmm. that's insane. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hoping for a speedy recovery for the guy. Doubt he's going to be able to come back this season. It's very slim. Uh, hopefully, comes back next season better than ever. So you guys know, I should not be making my own hot takes anymore. So that's why this week, Benny and I actually agreed on one, and it is that Lamar Jackson is not as good as Kyler Murray. And we do have stats to bring this up, and... If you know me personally, you know I am a huge Lamar Jackson fan. Me, not so much. (laughs) True. Um, I really backed him up last season. And for his haters and doubters this year, um, I'm still backing him up. I mean, he he is falling off compared to last season. But I still think he's a solid quarterback. But for me personally, I would take Kyler Murray over him. Now, in terms of passing, Kyler Murray has 2,130 yards. 16 touchdowns and seven interceptions and on the ground he's tacked up 543 yards and eight touchdowns and he actually had a 48 yard run as well which is pretty crazy and we go ahead and look over at lamar stats on this season he has 1513 passing yards 12 touchdowns and four interceptions and that touchdown to interception ratio that's really good honestly you can't really dismiss that no it's pretty good yeah yeah, that's solid, but he's known for running, and he only has, four, I mean, only <laughs> only 469 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. He also had a 50, he had a longer run than Kyler Murray by, by two, two yards. yards. Yeah, He had a 50-yard long run, and to say, you know, like I said, to say only 469 rushing yards... That's still kind of low for Lamar Jackson for being known as a dual threat quarterback. He broke Michael Michael Vick's record last year, didn't he? He did. And so far, it looks like Kyler Murray's on pace to break that one. Yeah. Yeah. Kyler Murray, he's a great quarterback. And turn those interceptions. Like, I know you can't just take away interceptions, but if you could, he's definitely an MVP front runner. And I think he's got a shot next year even for it. So... Why do you think that Lamar Jackson is kind of just fall, like not really falling off? But why do you think he's kind of underperforming this season? Um, there was an interesting take that you had off air before we started recording the show, uh-huh. and it was that defenses are going to start scheming to Lamar Jackson. And I saw Lamar Jackson as too much of a raw talent for teams to scheme against. 
but I think they can, I think they have been scheming against him pretty well. Especially with the pass option and the read option. It's been the mo as I said a few weeks ago about the Titans game, and I've said it a lot. The moment you shut down the read option, they're done. They're, that's most of their offense just gone right there. Um, something else I want to say about Kyler Murray not only is he outrunning uh, Lamar Jackson, but he's outpassing him by a huge amount. Like, just about 600 yards. Yeah, and like touchdown wise as well. I think he's thrown six more touchdowns than. Uh, Lamar, four more. four more, yeah. And overall, he's just having a much better season. Uh, hopefully, teams don't figure him out as well as they figured out Lamar Jackson. I'm See, not sure. I don't think they will because Kyler Murray is good at both. I mean, Kyler Murray has a great pocket presence, really yeah. reminiscent of Russell Wilson's. And if Lamar Jackson wants to succeed, he's got to he's got to work on that a little better. That's not. I mean, I'm not saying he's terrible in the pocket. He's He's got some great plays. He's mm -hmm. like he's got some deep throws. I mean, always room for improvement, though. There's always room for improvement, and yeah, Lamar just needs to pick it up. I think if he keeps going the way he's going, he's only going to be known as a quarterback that that's good in the regular season, but can't come up big in the playoffs or can't even come up big against good teams. Yeah, like the Chiefs, like that was a bad game for him. It really was. This week, we're gonna go ahead and talk about three rookies that have been doing great this season and three rookies that have not been living up to expectations now for best rookies i mean i think this one's no contest for me i don't for know me, how you, yeah justin jefferson has been balling out for the vikings he is honestly the best wide receiver from that class which is surprising because i didn't really hear about him before he like, was he wasn't top three you had jerry, jerry judy cd lamb and then Ruggs. henry Ruggs. yeah which Having Justin Jefferson being this, he's the best wide receiver on the Vikings right now, which is crazy because they have Thielen as well. But he's just balling out right now. He's young, he's fast, he's great. And like we said, that was a stacked receiver class, and that's why C.D. Lamb is also on this top three list. Yep. C.D. Lamb is, yeah, he's been playing really good for the Cowboys. Uh, very slow start, but he's been living up to their expectations. He's running out there like a veteran, in my opinion. Like, yeah, definitely. The way he, he's, uh, yeah, doing these, spit, like, the way his footwork is next level, he's just like his route running is great. He just looks like a veteran out there. He's a playmaker. This uh this last week, uh he curved up and to the back corner of the end zone and he caught his only uh reception of the game and it was for a touchdown. Yeah. I mean he's a phenomenal receiver. And if you have Dak Prescott at quarterback, I think he'd be even more explosive. Yeah, I guarantee if he didn't have uh Ben DiNucci, uh, Garrett Gilbert, Garrett Gilbert, Gilbert, and Andy Dalton, he would be up there with just Justin Jefferson. That's why he's our number two pick. So then uh, our number three pick, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He has been balling out for the Chiefs. Not often do you see a rookie contribute this much to their team, uh, especially at the running back position. He's just blown out every single expectation set for him. He's been balling out amazing player out there. He's looking like his LSU self. He's playing at that level already in his rookie season. I mean, he's making plays out of the backfield in the pass game and obviously the rushing game. He's amazing. Yeah, the Chiefs, I'm not saying they struggled with the uh, rushing game. Having Patrick Mahomes, kind of hard to have a great rushing game when you have such an amazing, phenomenal quarterback. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been making it happen for them. And I couldn't even think that that Chiefs offense could get any better than what it was. <laughs> they but... keep doing yeah, they keep breaking the expectation every week. It's insane. Now, let's go ahead and go on a little lower note. Um, Trayvon Diggs has definitely not lived up to Cowboys' expectations. Nope. And it's kind of sad. Um, 
I feel like it's just not a good situation since I think it's real demoralizing for a rookie for not starting out on a good team. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, unless you're out there making plays and he really hasn't been, he's been getting beat and mm-hmm. then going down with a foot fracture this week. I mean, yep, he's just been kind of a disappointment. I mean, he had one good play and it was honestly because of a receiver's, it was their mistake, the receiver's mistake. Um, but besides that, I can't really think of many good plays by him. And then one that really broke my heart because I was really, I was really pushing for Isaiah Simmons, but he's also on this list. And the worst part about it is he hasn't even been good enough to step foot on the field. I think he only has nine or he has like nine or 12 snaps this season. He hasn't, he hasn't been playing good enough to get on the field. Now he has, I think he's only had one good play so far because of those like very few snaps that he's taken, he's been getting beat. And that could also be just because he's a rookie as well. But the only play he had was in that Seattle game where he got an interception off Russell Wilson. So, I mean, we could see a high ceiling for Isaiah Simmons, but for now, he's definitely been a disappointment. Yeah, I mean, he was drafted so early as well. What was it? Sixth or seventh pick? I I think ninth. Okay, yeah, ninth pick. But yeah, I don't know. I hope that he steps up and he could be starting soon because he has a lot of potential. We saw him in college. He was a beast. Uh, hopefully he steps up to that ceiling another beast in college that hasn't really translated well is henry ruggs and he did have a 100 yard receiving game yep not too long ago with the raiders and i think that shows the ceiling that he has but that game was responsible for half of the yards he has on the season he only has 200 yards on the season and he has the speed he has the catching ability i don't know what's going on with him for being the number like what was it i think he was the number two receiver selected i think it might have been the first receiver selected i think yeah because i think they were before the cowboys yep so he was the number one receiver taken just based off speed mm-hmm. and i mean it's really ballsy to draft a receiver off speed we saw that with john ross <laughs> yeah he has he has the combine record but he obviously couldn't translate well he's not doing good over in cincinnati yeah but, but henry ruggs in college he was also making these catches like he was a phenomenal receiver. He had speed. You could catch. It was everything you wanted from a receiver. I don't know what didn't carry over from the NFL. I don't know if he's not getting enough. I don't know if he's not getting enough looks from Derek Carr. I'm not exactly sure what's happening. But all I can say is he's no Justin Jefferson and no CD Lamb so nope. far. So hope and like I said, there's a high ceiling for Henry Ruggs, but he's definitely got to overcome whatever it is that's holding him back. Yep, exactly. And with that, we're going to conclude episode nine of Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. Stay tuned for NFL updates, hot takes, and more. And also keep in mind that we have some huge updates coming for the podcast itself in these next few weeks. Don't forget to follow our social medias. Facebook is Jake and Benny's Backyard Football. Instagram is Backyard Football Podcast. And our Twitter is Jake and Benny FB. And with that, have a great night, everybody.